Hey everybody, welcome to Investing in Cannabis. I'm your host, Brandon David. If you're joining us for the first time, if you're tuning in for the first time, welcome and thank you for stopping by. This is the show where we talk about the early stage cannabis industry. Who's investing in it? Who's starting companies? How to grow those companies? And it's designed for people either in the industry or people that want to be in the industry. And I, I really hope that you learn a lot from it. We do uh, quite a bit of work, go to great lengths to find great companies, great stories, great conversations so you can learn from the guests. This week's episode is all about building a brand. Uh, the company is Tokyo Smoke out of Toronto, and they've done a few different things. They have a couple coffee shops slash head shops in Toronto. They're expanding to Washington, the state of Washington as well. They do e-commerce, but it's a sophisticated brand. So uh, you really should check out the website, tokyosmoke.com. It's a great conversation about how to build a brand, how to grow a brand. They raised $3 million recently. You're going to learn a ton, guys, and I hope you enjoy it. Tune in, listen up, get acquainted. Thanks so much for joining us, man. Uh, I'm really excited to talk about the number of things that you do. As I looked into it, uh, Tokyo Smoke does a lot of different things, but I'm curious, how do you describe what Tokyo Smoke is? Hmm. So we've been at Tokyo Smoke for a, a couple years. Uh, my, uh, and it's, it's a, a, in a lot of ways, a family business. My father's been in the uh, cannabis world for a couple of decades. Uh, and my, uh, my, my grandma was a, a cannabis grower in Humboldt in California. And okay. I think when I, when I think about Tokyo Smoke, a big part of what I think about is to try to build a, what I'll call broadly a cannabis lifestyle brand or a modern cannabis brand. We think about mm -hmm. this world where, and there's lots of brands that do this, right? Uh, where, where cannabis brands can sit alongside other brands that exist in our world and our life. And the goal was to try to build something that could do that. That was our goal, that was our thinking. This idea of um, a modern cannabis lifestyle brand. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, uh, I think lifestyle and, and branding are words that get thrown around a lot, <laughs> particularly in the cannabis industry. Yeah. Uh, you know, everybody wants to have a sophisticated, you know, elevated stoner brand. But what does that actually mean? Yeah. I mean, what are the values yeah. that we're talking yeah. about here? You know, I mean, uh, what what went into it? Yeah, Why? yeah it's such, such a good good question. So, at, le at least for us, uh, we liked where we could to, to think about elegance. And we love this idea of, of focusing a lot on that principle of elegance, but also to, to marry elegance with, at least from our perspective, what we tend to think about is approachability. I mean, Starbucks is something pretty amazing, right? And this is not comparing us to Starbucks, but you know, we, we think a lot about what Starbucks did for coffee in North America. And Starbucks brought this really incredible approachability to a coffee culture that already existed all around the world. It brought us this nomenclature of Americanos and lattes and frappuccinos. It brought us a process, it brought us community. Uh, we, we, we think a lot about this idea of bringing approachability where we can and marrying that with, with elegance. That's part of our fundamental principles about who we are. We, we aspire to 
be part of this incredible movement that's happening everywhere in the world, right? Not not just Canada, not just the U.S. Everywhere in the world, you know, this cannabis revolution, and that there'll be you know, there'll, there'll be storytellers, there'll be people who will be part of that and help meaningfully uh, shape and shepherd us into the new world. Yeah, I like uh, I like your Starbucks comparison. I think people would also associate Starbucks with uh, a massive corporation. Mm. Uh, is that is that the way you see Tokyo Smoke? Is that where you're headed? Uh, I saw you raised a bunch of money. Um, <laughs> We're not you know, is a that massive plan? corporation now by any means. Uh, we are yeah. Yeah. a couple a couple shops. Our goal is not at all to be a massive corporation. And I know people think about Starbucks that way now, and and, and I you know appreciate and understand that but they've not always been a massive corporation. They started off with a very noble goal, which was to bring the you know, Italian coffee shop experience to the world. It turned out they were exceedingly successful at that. Uh, but you know, their, their early days were, were from a small number of shops where they told you know, very subculture-driven local stories. So I don't think our goal is to aspire to be Starbucks. It's just to learn from something incredible that they did. Mm -hmm. And so is that the core portion of the brand? I mean, I know you do a few different things, a number. There's some e-commerce. There's the stores. I mean, what's the heart of the Tokyo Smoke brand? Yeah, for us, the heart is our retail experience, for sure. We have these coffee shops and head shops or coffee shops and cannabis accessory stores. That's the thing that gets us out of bed every day today. We get the chance to build these mm-hmm. stores that for us are, are beautiful and approachable, elegant and approachable, as I said, and with the chance to touch and speak to customers every day uh, about cannabis, uh, about the great products that are out there, not our products, but all the amazing creators that there are out there in the space. And that's part of what... what like so I these said, are... Please jump in. So these are coffee shops, uh, typical toffees, coffee shops, not like a Amsterdam-style coffee shop, but an actual cafe where you where you get coffee. Correct. And combined with uh, a traditional smoke shop or head shop where you would buy accessories, papers, that kind of thing, but no actual cannabis, correct? No actual cannabis. Yeah, I wouldn't. I mean, I, I struggle a bit with the term traditional only only insofar as... Um, Fair you know, enough. I like to, that. <laughs> to, we wanted to really build boutiques, right? Uh you know, we wanted to build, I'll, I'll throw around the word, which, which you know, you, you rightful, good challenge, but like lifestyle boutiques. We're at a store that could have beautiful paraphernalia, but also potentially nice t-shirts and just well-curated products. Alongside coffee, which is a world that we love and something that we know is very much part of our society today, right? It's a good approachable engagement point for people to be able to come into the store. And, you know, it's, it's, it's amazing. I'll tell a very silly anecdote, but you know, we, we have a couple stores open and I'm always astounded that we have moms who push their babies in their strollers into our, uh, you know, cannabis lifestyle boutique or into, you know, as you said, into our, our head shop, right? Uh, it, it's pretty amazing. But mm-hmm. because we have this approachability, because we have this coffee element, we're able to be part of the community in a way that, that for us is incredibly exciting. Yeah, no, it sounds very exciting. Um, I mean, I'm a big fan of the combination. Uh, I've had a couple different coffee cannabis companies on the show. Um, I take me through kind of what the vibe is like, what the lifestyle, the cannabis lifestyle in Toronto is today. That's where these two shops are, and soon to be a third. Did I did I read that correctly? That 
Um, there's a third one coming in Toronto soon as well. Yeah, yeah. So we have uh, two stores in Toronto today. We have a third one opening right around the corner. And by the end of the year, we should have eight to ten across Canada and, and our first one opening in the U.S. as well. Toronto is a, a fascinating marketplace. Uh, we, it, it, Toronto's where I'm born. It's where, where I'm from. And I, I uh, grew up here and then for my 20s, I was lucky to, to travel and move back uh, at the beginning of my 30s. In back to Toronto, which is a diverse, fascinating, growing, young, energetic city. Mm-hmm. And one thing about Toronto is we we're a big city that in you know in Canada, the biggest city in Canada by far. Toronto's I think the third or fourth biggest city in North America. And we are in an interesting position in the cannabis landscape world, where Canada is going to have legal marijuana across the entire country come next July from a recreational or adult use perspective. And Toronto's the major city in Canada, uh, the major economy, the major consumer market. So it's, it's fascinating to see how cannabis evolves here. And today we have some incredible dispensaries. The, the dispensaries are today illegal just because the medical, just the technicality of the medical regime in Canada today. But, you know, we yeah, can I imagine- Yeah, putting illegal sort of in in air quotes, right? Because uh, this is a, a fixture of the landscape and somewhere people spend quite a bit of time. And, and is it just, are the authorities looking the other way? How does this sort of situation exist, I suppose? Yeah, I mean, the authorities aren't really looking the other way today. They raided another uh, whack of dispensaries. They, they, they exist, they, they, they play a game of whack-a-mole, the dispensaries and the authorities, which is the dispensaries popping up because Canadians want to buy retail cannabis. And Canadians are excited about the legal market. And there are also a substantial number of Canadians who use cannabis as a medicine and have a right to safe and fair access. So there is this game of whack-a-mole that is going, that is going on uh, with the dispensaries Interesting. today. Uh, but we know they're gonna be part of the landscape in the future. Interesting. So what's legal today in Canada is to get your medical cannabis delivered to you in the mail, yeah, via, correct? That's, that's the Post. way it works? So via our yeah, government which is postal bizarre, service. Which is bizarre if you're a Californian or someone that lives on the west coast of, uh, of the United States. But what does this well, transition look like? I mean, uh, are, are there going to be traditional dispensaries? Are you going to be first in line to be one of those dispensaries? What, what's the future look like? Yeah, it's, it's such a good question. I mean, just on the Canadian structure, totally bizarre as a consumer, someone, if you were in California, what is going on in, in the Great White North? But Canada is, has been revered internationally for the infrastructure and the, the rules that it has built. Uh, you know, for better or for worse in lots of ways. The nice thing about the regime that the Canadian government has put in place is it uh, does provide a window for other federal governments to see how they could legalize cannabis and feel comfortable about it, which, I, which I, at least for me, I'm very proud of. That's, a, that's an amazing thing. Doesn't mean we got it right. We got a lot of stuff wrong, but it's exciting to, to think that way. Uh, to think that there are things that we got mm-hmm. right that may make it easier for other countries to make the jump. So, so I do have lots of love for that. If we look forward, mm-hmm. I, I, I don't know. I'd be looking into a crystal ball like, like anybody. But I think ultimately Canadians have demonstrated with their love for dispensaries today that they want to buy retail cannabis. And yeah, you, you know this as much as I do, right? Going into a great dispensary is an amazing experience, right? I mean, it sure it's, is. it's transformative. Yeah. The education that you can get, the, the comfort you can have, 
the 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 selection, uh, the the visual cues. It's really it's really quite something. So I, I hope very much that they will be part of the Canadian landscape, and I and I believe that they will. But our provinces, effectively our states in Canada, are are going are excuse me, are all going to make their own decision about retail infrastructure. So I imagine in some provinces we will see the government play a heavier role. In Canada we ha- often have the government distribute our liquor right down to the retail store. So some provinces yep. may decide to go that route, whereas other provinces we will see uh, independent retailers. And we would love to be part of that landscape where we can. We, we have you know, worked hard to yep. build a connection with consumers so, but, and build these stores but, and tell stories. Yeah, uh, but having recently raised $3 million, which congratulations, is no small feat, particularly in the cannabis industry. Thank you. Uh, what, what's the pitch like? I mean, is is it, A, we were making this sort of inn and this lifestyle uh, community-based location and wink, wink, like we're going to be a dispensary in the future. And there's, you know, is that what this is sold on or, um, you know, is this based on accessories and coffee? Yeah, it's a, it's a great question. So, uh one, thank you. I, I, I appreciate that. And, you know, we've worked really hard to raise money. I've been lucky to uh, have some really great uh, investors. I'm incredibly grateful for the people who um, who believe in us and what and what we can do. And you know, as was mentioned in our press release, you know, our investors range from uh, Brett Wilson, who's uh, was on you know Dragon's Den, like our Shark Tank. Uh, was a famous oil and gas investment banker mm-hmm. to you know, Chuck Rafici, yep. one of the co-founders of, of Canopy. There's just some tech VCs we're lucky to be in this place. So first, thank you for that. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, second, in terms of our pitch and the story that we tell, we think there's a lot of value in the consumer, right? And in touching and telling stories to the consumer. And if you look at the Canadian landscape especially, right now you have 50 legal licensed growers of cannabis in Canada, and mm-hmm. very few of them uh, have today have a recreational or adult use brand and have a known strategy to build that brand for consumers. Mm-hmm. And I think what's, what's interesting for us, what part of our sell and our pitch is we are building one of those brands. We are building one of those future adult use cannabis brands or that we have the potential to do that I should say and Mm -hmm. that these stores could potentially be a great uh, gateway to sell cannabis or or if not are a great pathway to tell stories to those consumers who will ultimately go out and buy cannabis and will potentially be looking for brands I don't know if that answers your question well, Brandon, but we think that there's a, a bit of a disconnect in the Canadian cannabis market between the growers who are large-scale manufacturers and the consumers who don't have a, today, have, don't have a particularly, or I should say this even better, don't, are, are quite distant from the producers, from the manufacturers. But to take advantage of that, you are going to have to position yourself as a retailer of recreational cannabis at some point, correct? Well, I, 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 I mean, I think that's, I think that's true. I think that uh, that is a way to take advantage of it, right? But if we imagine that is another year until recreational cannabis is available in Canada, uh, we think that there's lots of ways we can continue to touch consumers and tell stories to consumers and uh, provide them 
education, provide them experiences that are adjacent to cannabis that can position us well to be part of the ecosystem. I mean, we part of our you know part of our business and part of our brands because we have both the Tokyo Smoke brand and a brand called uh, Vanderpop is that we've licensed these brands. We've effectively partnered with growers in Canada who otherwise don't necessarily today um, have brands focused on the focus on these specific segments and focus potentially on the end path of, of adult use. I mean, they're medical brands today, but that end path. Uh, and so there's mm -hmm. lots of value to the marketplace in having a supply line set up, having these ag agreements done, and having the pipeline to produce licensed uh, branded product. Mm -hmm. Whether in Got our it. stores or not, right? Um, I mean, today it's via Canada Post. Yeah, which is still so interesting yeah. to me. Uh, I get lots Post. of cannabis delivered, but not through the mail. Yeah, yeah good for cannabis posts. Exactly, exactly. But uh, you're not just limiting yourself to Toronto. Uh, there's something that you're working on in, in Washington as well? Yeah, we're incredibly lucky to have the opportunity to participate in, in, in the U.S. and to hopefully bring something to that marketplace. We have a retail store that's in the works there, and we hope to open by year end. And we're really excited about the possibility of doing something do, doing something great there. We have been, uh, <coughs> excuse me, I've been working with a with what we think is a really cool retail partner for a, a great location in in Seattle that we're we're just tremendously excited about the chance to to be part of that market. And uh, as I, as I mentioned before, we uh, have a, a partner brand called Vanderpop, which is. Uh, based in based in Washington State is really an, an incredible brand, um, and you know we're lucky to have some amazing, truly amazing partners on the ground uh, in that brand. So Washington is a place, a state of Washington, by the way, uh, where you can have recreational mm. cannabis shops or stores. Mm. Is that part of the plan? Yeah, good, good question. It's not part of our initial plan in Washington. So, hey, Brandon, I, I may be wrong. You know, we're, we're guessing and learning as we as we grow. But my perspective is that there's still not a lot of, let's call it, um, high visibility or high awareness cannabis brands. You know, if we mm -hmm. uh, check on the unaided awareness of cannabis brands in the U.S. and Canada, it's very, very, very low uh, outside of some core areas. Uh, mm -hmm. And so we like this idea of being able to build these coffee shops and accessory stores in a lot of locations and in very high visibility locations. So our location in Seattle would be a location you couldn't otherwise build a dispensary because of the regulations around where dispensaries can and cannot be, which potentially allows us to touch more consumers and to tell more stories about our brand in a way that we might not otherwise be if we were a dispensary today. Got it. But you do sell some cannabis today, right? With your partnership with Afria, uh, there, there is uh, Tokyo Smoke branded cannabis today, we, correct? We have that, a partnership that's being with sold. Afria and with WeedMD. So we have two partnerships in Canada, uh, and okay. uh, with Afria for Tokyo Smoke and with WeedMD for Vanderpop. So through those uh -huh. partnerships, medical cannabis uh, is is available or is is coming very soon. So we do have those partnerships. We do have those partnerships today, but but as you as you alluded to, in Canada you can't today sell that cannabis legally in your stores. You can't sell it in the store. So how how are people getting it? I mean, it's on the website. It's e-commerce. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, how does that connect? How does how does it work? 
Well, I, I, tell me more about your, your question, Brandon. So let, let's, let's discuss yeah. how it's different than, you know, buying a typical product online. Yeah, so I guess if if uh, if cannabis can only be distributed legally through the mail yeah. by the Canadian Post, yeah, then yeah. when you order something online, yeah. you can order any e-commerce cannabis you want, and it will be delivered by the Cannabis Post. Or what's the verification ah, process oh, like yeah, that? Yeah. Oh, that's a great question. Sorry, my, my oh, no worries, my bad. So, uh, so you have to get a prescription from a, a doctor in order to be able to uh, sign up with a what we call a licensed producer. As I sort of alluded, there's 50 licensed producers in Canada. There's about 200,000 Canadians who have currently have a prescription uh, that allows them to order cannabis from a licensed producer. So if you're one of those mm-hmm. 200,000 Canadians, uh, you can choose a producer see, you okay. want to work with. Oh, sorry. Did you say something? No, no, I was just, just saying that makes sense. Yeah. That makes sense. So if you want those 200,000, yeah. you can uh, purchase product from a licensed producer. You choose the licensed producer you want to uh, effectively be your supply chain, and you order and it gets delivered usually quite quickly, actually, to, to your doorstep. Interesting. Interesting. Okay, well, let, let's talk about the, the e-commerce portion of this. Um, sounds like it's not the heart of what you're doing, but where, where does that fit in? Um, you know, why, why the e-commerce shop and I guess how, how big of a part of the business is that today? Yeah, it, it's important to us. I mean, we think that and there, there are ultimately lots of people who want to buy a product online and also learn online, you know, wherever we can um, delight people it's 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 important to us i mean it's just important to you know, my understanding of the way the world works i was lucky to spend uh, almost six years working at google and you know, we want to build out as great an experience as we can online and so you know the way we think about about e-commerce it's a nice way for us to continue to touch consumers tell our story you know, and uh, we, we like the idea of having that be part of our ecosystem. You know, we think about e-commerce and stores, Brandon, not so differently than a, than a you know, Warby Parker, a Casper, a Bonobos. You know, there's a, um, you know, a value per consumer in terms of how much you hope they'll spend and an amount that you can spend to try to, you know, quote unquote, acquire that consumer. Uh, and so you look at the Got different it. channels of your business online, or e-commerce, offline, and you, you try to work through a process to understand what are the most efficient and effective channels to do that. Yeah, that, that, that makes sense. Um, so I guess that, uh, the question kind of stands in, in a way. Um, is, is the e-commerce business, you know, I guess, how is it going? I, hmm. E-commerce is an incredibly crowded place um, and increasingly I see more and more outlets including some of the big boys I mean you can buy grinders and pipes yeah. and papers and things on Amazon yeah uh, right and and uh, you know I mean is, is that a viable channel for the future it's a beautiful website some of the products look great both the ones that you guys are partnership with uh, as well as the curation I just wonder that's a tough business no oh yeah no it's a great question it's you know, we have a financial model, like we showed as a small business, and you know, our prediction is that retail is is one of the core tenants of our strategy. Uh, we believe it's part of what makes us unique and interesting is to have these retail stores and to have a, a number of these uh, elegant but approachable experiences in retail. Doesn't mean that e-commerce isn't valuable, 
but ultimately we think retail is part of where we're especially unique. Yeah. Okay. That, that makes sense. I think you answered the question there. Uh, all right. So the other thing is uh, that I want to dive into a little bit here is this specific cannabis line um, and sort of the different varieties here, the go, relax, relief, balance. Uh, first of all, why, why those descriptors? <laughs> and, uh, you know, why, take me through kind of the process of that creation of that line. Um, and, you know, if people are going to, to get that, what, what can they expect? Yeah. Take uh, me through the, no, the great, actual cannabis. Great question. So, Brandon, I'm, I'm always super curious with, with people. Like, you know, um, I'd love to hear more from you. Tell me what, what's your favorite cannabis experience. And it might not be a singular experience, but even the profile experiences. Can we talk about that first? I'm very curious. About my own experience yeah, uh, your, with your cannabis? cannabis? Okay, well, it's uh, right. Like, what are the ones that yeah, you know, you yeah. try to shoot for? Sure. So, I think uh, different types of cannabis have their place in in different uh, you know points in your life yeah. and different points in your day. Totally. Even um, uh, you know, at, at nighttime, I try to smoke something that's a heavy indica. Although it's unclear whether sativa and indica uh, means anything <laughs> yeah. anymore, but yeah. uh, I generally look towards you know the heavy purples or yeah. blues or something like that. Yeah. Um, I love any kind of Kush. Uh, I lean towards the indica, even in in a hybrid situation. I lean towards the indica. Uh, but there's also nothing like having a, a really nice sativa on a, on a late Saturday morning, uh, jack something or, you know, something that uh, can create a little more creativity. So I guess it has its time and its place, which maybe I'm a terrible person to ask that question. Uh, <laughs> why? But, why? why do you feel like uh, you're yeah. a terrible person to ask that question? Uh, only because I think people, a lot of people, um, cannabis is a a reasonably small portion of their life right. and they look to it to perform um, one function, right. whether that be to fall asleep or whether that be to enjoy the movie more or to put up with the phone call they're having with their mom, yeah, yeah, whatever, yeah. you know, they look to it yeah, for like, one how reason. How am I going to deal with this um, podcast interview? <laughs> this fucking guy always asks me a question. Yeah, um, totally. So, um, but yeah, I'm always, I have to say, I'm a little skeptical when I see these brands that have the the action words, yeah, you yeah. know, go, relax, cool. relief, balance. Uh, you know, how, what kind of proof points are there yeah. around something that, you know, makes you go? Yeah, yeah. No, hey, great, great challenge, right? I'm, I'm equally skeptical, um, and it's a process that we're working through and trying to understand better, you know, what we, what we believe and, and what I, I believe broadly. And you know, your, your description of your cannabis experience is indicative of that, right? That uh, people potentially want cannabis for different parts of their day or different activities or different parts of their lives and lifestyle. Yeah, um, and we want to make it easier to select. Uh, this doesn't mean that our uh, cannabis, <clears throat> excuse me, that our, our cannabis brands will exist purely through those descriptors as opposed to still trying to highlight, you know, as you alluded to, whether it's sativa or indica or, you know, if, if, we're, if we're lucky and as we continue to refine our perspective, you know, let's, let's talk more about terpenes as opposed to talking about sativa and indica. Uh, but we ultimately mm -hmm. want to give people a guide. So it's not trying to uh, devolve away from the additional detail that's there, but let's, in, let's instead give people a, hopefully help people uh, in the broad selection process. You give them a first, a first, uh, first tag to narrow in against, and then they can potentially select under that category, under that grouping, under that family, as it were. I see, I see. So there's actually several 
different products under each one of those categories. That's the vision. Uh, we're, we're, you okay. know, we're still we're young. We're still a small company, and we're still starting out and figuring yeah. things out. But that's the vision. I don't necessarily want to abstract away from the the detailed information that's otherwise there. Right? You put up a really good point. It's like, well, what is this actually, and what do I actually get, and how do we figure out a balance of providing a flagpole, a flagpole, right? So they're like, hey, I can use this in the broad identifier, and also providing the right amount of detail so that someone can make an informed decision. Because uh, I think that. Uh, awesome. There, awesome. I mean, I really truly believe there are a large number of people who consume cannabis who are still at sort of base zero in information, and we want to try to help them along their journey. Totally. No, and, and that is so needed in the world. Uh, I think most people limit their thought process to their immediate bubble and their hardcore group of stoner friends. Um, and this business is all about people that have yet to try cannabis yet. Um, and it's going to be really interesting to see basically who wins, what kind of brands, what kind of pitches uh, get grandma in or, you know, get someone that that uh, normally would not be interested in cannabis or really actually likes, you know, craft coffee. And that's kind of their end into the cannabis industry. right? So that's going to be very, very interesting. How about you? What kind of, you know, consumer are you? You have favorite strains, yeah. way to consume. Yeah. Uh, you know, what, good, what kind of stoner good, are you? I good guess. Question. Uh, me, I, I love sativa. I feel like the first time I consumed a, consumed a sativa, it, like blew, it blew my mind. And it, I'm with you. So I don't know if sativa will end up being the right language, but we'll just use it as a placeholder for, you know, potentially sure. lots of limonene and some other characteristics that uh, allowed this very energetic, uh, very creative experience that is incredibly mm -hmm. appealing to me. I, I love vape pens and I, I appreciate the, the beauty that is incredible flower, but there's something really amazing to me about a great vape pen and a great vaping experience. Uh, mm -hmm. Something convenient, uh, something discreet, but also something where I can dose titrate potentially a little bit easier so I quite like that mm -hmm. uh, and so for me I'm the you know I'm the sativa uh, vape pen guy I guess right that's 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 what I want Got it. the experience if I can but that's me I don't apply that or expect other people to to work my way to your point I don't assume that that my my me my bubble is is the world that's just what works for me and what I like I think you're quickly uh, becoming in the majority, though. I mean, vape pens are exploding all over the place. Uh, and I think for people that are new to cannabis, I agree with you. The uh, more uplifting sort of sativa-like effects uh, are more appealing to uh, to a new consumer, whereas um, I kind of think about it a little bit more as like stress management mm -hmm. and uh, kind of a layered, I, I don't know, like pain relief, which, which comes more from uh, traditionally what's considered an indica. Uh, but I but I happen to agree with you that for early consumer sativa does make a, a lot more sense. Um, oh, interesting. Yeah. No, I, I think I think I, I agree. Right. Uh, I think. But for me, it wasn't necessarily that I was an entry level consumer. Right. It was it was it was more that that turned out to be the experience that resonated with me most. Uh, like, I, I know as a person, I Got sleep really reasonably well. Uh, I am lucky to not be in a lot of pain. Uh, you know, Incredibly lucky to be fairly reasonably healthy, but the kind of cannabis that appeals to yep. me is, the, you know, it's part of why we are a, a you know, to some extent, a coffee business. Like, I, I like that energized feeling. 
That's yep. part of just what it feels to me as a person. Uh, which is really the point. You need to find out, oh, figure out for yourself. Everybody does. I think that's right. Uh, what works for you and and what's uh you know what makes you feel good what what you need cannabis for uh and i think everybody would agree that you should largely stick with that um once you find it uh and i think that's important for people to know that there's a lot of things out there and you've got to sort of explore a little bit and find what works and then and then stick with it and and like and it's part of why we're not necessarily the best at it. You know, it's continued work we all, we all need to do and we need to do as a company. But it's why I, I feel so strongly about approachability, right? Uh, you know, I think that we we can make it easier, not necessarily us, Tokyo Smoke, but, you know, all of us who get to wake up every day and work in the cannabis industry for, as you said, grandma to figure out what she wants, right? And part of why, mm-hmm. you know, I like vape pens is... At least for me, they they are a little more approachable, and you know, I I, I read a study recently that said you know, vaping also leads to a higher degree of THC bioavailability bio versus smoking. Um, so there potentially mm. are some mm. some valuable um, additional reasons that that could be a you know it could be a really great intake mechanism or really great consumption mechanism for people. Yeah, absolutely. Um, what's next? You know, I, I won't ask you where will you be in five years, but you know, a year from now, when we're on the precipice of uh, of recreational legalization in Canada, I mean, what do you hope to accomplish in that time period? You know, what 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 does the future look like for Tokyo Smoke? You know, I, I I think more about the future of the let's call it the, the cannabis revolution than I think about the future of Tokyo Smoke. To be honest, you know, I I dream more mm-hmm. about a world where uh, we have legalized cannabis in way more countries than today, way more countries than one today. Uh, yeah. <laughs> uh, and I think we're, we are, because of the incredible work that uh, people have done over decades and decades, uh, we are on the precipice of something really, truly amazing, uh, where we will, I think, see incredible changes over the next 5, 10, 15, 20 years. And if we as Tokyo Smoke gets to participate in that in any way, shape, or form, I, that makes me incredibly proud. Uh, I'm I lucky to get to be part of that. It, it, I mean, I, I think it's sometimes sometimes we get ahead of ourselves in the way we describe this change and and we describe this industry and people get all excited about all this money. Let, let, let me park that for a moment. This is an incredible social change. This is a really, really mature thing for society to do, to say we, we can... Like this is, we did something wrong. We can right this wrong, and we can, and we can move forward. I, I have lots of, lots of love for that. And as I said, if we can participate in in this in any way, shape, or form, that that gets me out of bed every day. Yeah, I definitely feel the same way. I just feel lucky to be in a time and a place where I can contribute and be be a little part, uh, sort of of the revolution, as you put it. Uh, I think that's as good a place to wrap up as any. Cool. Definitely go check out the website, uh, TokyoSmoke.com. Uh, beautiful website. Some really cool things on there, particularly the Partisans uh, Partnership and the couple of pipes that you made there. Really cool stuff. Might have to order one of those myself. <laughs> uh, why Why Tokyo Smoke? By the way, how did you come to that to that name? Yeah, yeah. So. I can tell you the marketing story, and then can I tell you the actual story? Sure. <laughs> okay. So, so, so the so the marketing story, which you know, typically my go-to is, as I alluded to, we wanted to uh, bring you know elegance 
um, and the elegance that exists in, in Japanese culture and Japanese design, and take that and and uh, try to, in any way, shape, or form, um, infuse that into, into cannabis. Not to say that it's not there already, but to continue to learn from the incredible design language and culture that exists in Japan, and and bring a little of that, a little of that home. Uh, yeah, I like that so, answer. So, how about the actual story? And the so it'll be a little bit longer. Yeah, the actual so, story. Okay, so the actual story. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, my my grandfather had a uh, a women's uh, clothing company. Uh, so they they manufactured women's clothes. My, my grandfather was born in Poland and and moved to Canada and. They had a women's clothing manufacturer. They made effectively women's workwear. And my, my father worked for my, my grandfather in a family business and made women's clothes. So my family has always been in the clothing clothing business. And uh, a whole bunch of years ago, actually, uh, my father was working on a men's clothing line for, um, <clears throat> for a company in Canada. And they were Working on trying to develop different, uh, you know, different new modern men's men's clothing line. So they're working on this men's clothing mm-hmm. line, and you know, worth noting that my grandfather had this clothing company. They had offices, very small but small manufacturing offices in Asia. They had an office in Hong Kong and office in Japan. And my father made and my grandfather lots and lots of trips to Hong Kong, Japan. That's where they bought fabric for their for their clothing company. A long long relationship there, and. My father was working on this clothing line years and years and years ago, and uh, they're trying to figure out the name for this clothing line and what it's going to stand for. And at the time, my father's uh, partner is Japanese, and so they're trying to talk about the the names for this line. And she suggests Tokyo Smoke, based on their relationship with Japan, uh, based on trying to build this modern clothing line. And then as my father and I talked about working together and doing something together and given his experience in the cannabis world, uh, my desire to, as I said, be part of this in any way, shape, or form, uh, we decided that this brand that had been created for a different purpose could be the perfect brand for us for trying to create a elegant, approachable, modern cannabis brand. Got it. Good story. That's a, a nice way to round it out, I think. Kind of gives us a, a feeling of where you've come from and, and uh, what's behind this brand. I wish you all the luck in the world. It's been a nice okay. conversation, Pleasure. nice learning about uh, what you're working on. Thanks for sharing. No and thank you guys for listening. Yeah. We will uh, we'll see you next time, guys. Thanks.